Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a Top of the Charts Tuesday. We play jams that reach the top of the Billboard Shorts on this day in history. And uh, my man Patrick usually DJing a Top of the Charts Tuesday. But he uh, is uh, at right now, I think he's at the mood. I'm pretty sure he's there. Yeah, Getting yeah. ready to produce the Texas basketball game versus K-State tonight. Uh, so my man Corey back there twisting and tweaking it out. So we appreciate his efforts. Uh, you can always be a part of the show. Specs Text Line is the best way to do it. 512-337-3776. Ooh, like a virgin. That was, at the time... Very controversial. Very. I remember that song. Very controversial at the time. Yeah. She says she made it through the wilderness. <laughs> I don't think at the time we knew how freaky Madonna actually was. Man, you uh, should see her she now. She got freakier as time went on. I mean. It wasn't like that was like the, the pinnacle of the zenith of her freakiness. She was She the, got way freakier after that. She was the one that all the athletes started hanging out with. Oh, that's right. Dennis Rodman and her dad. Oh yeah, Jose Canseco. There's even uh, there's even a rumor that her and Tupac uh, were they, they were really really close. Some people say they dated. Some people said that they were just uh, friends with benefits. Some people said that they just were friends. Would that shock you? No, not at all. Thank you. From either side. No, 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 no. Yeah, not either side. No, no. Yeah, yeah. Pac had eclectic taste, I believe, as well. (laughs) He was about that life. (laughs) (laughs) That life. Uh, All right, let's get to. Um, some we'll get some Cowboys discussion here, um, but uh, just a heads up: any update uh, on uh, Demar Hamlin? Um, the last that we heard, or the last that was updated, was that his uh, vitals um, had had returned to normal, but he was still in critical condition. Mm-hmm. Um, I do not believe there's been an update. The last, I have not seen one. Okay, uh, the last update. That you have actually from the Buffalo Bills that came about five hours ago, and that was uh, that he spent last night intensive care unit and remains there in critical condition at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center. So uh, our thoughts and prayers, obviously, with Demar Hamlin and his family and his loved ones and friends, um, and obviously both teams dealing with such traumatic event. He suffered a cardiac arrest uh, following. Um, just just what looked like to be a routine hit. It was not yeah. especially violent at all. We, I, I think honestly, I can name, I can think of probably ten hits that I thought were way more violent than that. Just uh, from that football weekend, um, just watching, and uh, he ended up collapsing after he uh, got to his feet after making the tackle. Um, turns out he did have a cardiac event, a cardiac arrest, and they had to resuscitate him on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, they were able to restore his heartbeat on the field. Um, 
most of the players who witnessed that, that's when they started to lose it. And uh, a lot of those guys just broke down into tears. I don't believe they had seen anybody on the field being resuscitated. Um, and that can be really traumatic. So um, after that, he was transferred to the medical center. I believe his mother wrote in the hospital, uh, sorry, in the ambulance with him to the hospital. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's all we have for that. But that was a really traumatic event. I, and, I, and I said this earlier, I do believe part of the trauma of just you know watching it as a you know, a collective a sports nation, if you will, and witnessing that part of the the trauma is that it wasn't a violent collision. Usually, you know, even when Tua was taken off the field on that very same field, by the way, um, via ambulance, you know, you could look at you know, the hit that he sustained or the you know the head the, his head hitting the surface, and then you can connect the dots. Right. Oh, man, that traumatic hit. He got hit in this way. Uh, That's what happened. Uh, You know, the reason that he is incapacitated, whatever it may be, was because of the very violent collision or whatever it may be. This was not that situation. So I think in processing it, it it made everybody um, even a little bit more uh, fearful Mm -hmm. of witnessing how frail and how fragile human life is. You're talking about somebody who's in the best shape of their life, in their prime. You're talking about the modern gladiators of mm-hmm. our society um, who are playing one of the most violent games out there. So you know he's tough. You know they're fearless. And in that moment, it wasn't the violent game um, that ended up uh, affecting him to the point where um, he had to be resuscitated. It was more just a a condition. Um, and it was a, a situation where... Um, it could have happened, uh, honestly, anywhere outside of a football field. It could have happened in any sport, any day, Yeah. to almost any person or any child who had that condition or who had some condition that really had not been diagnosed. And we've even seen that in football before, too. So I think that's why it was really traumatizing and, uh, and still hard to process is that although it's easy to point the finger at the NFL for being a violent game, and yes, it is an extremely violent game, and we oftentimes are reminded of that inconvenient, horrible truth, um, the violence isn't what necessarily, uh, to me, had the most traumatizing effect. It was the fact that he got up, then collapsed. Um, And I think we're looking at potentially um, someone who may have suffered from some type of uh, cardiac condition, too, when all is said and done. Right. And and the one thing about it, and you and I, we talked about this ourselves prior to the show. Both of you and I have been professional athletes. And when you go to camp, they do they check everything on you. You do your cardiac test. You You do everything that you could possibly do to make sure that as the season starts, you're in your right area, right? You're in your well-being. Everything on your body, it checks out. Mm-hmm. There's nothing alarming. Oh, yeah. So that's always the point, too, when as the season goes on, I don't think they do those checks anymore. I don't know that for a fact. I, I don't know. That's around. a good question. I know, yeah. I know that we did not do that. I don't believe we did it during the season right. when I played in the right. NFL. I don't remember that happening during the season. I do remember, like you're right, before the season you do get all of those checkups. But And I think if you have you know, a red flag somewhere, there's an indicator attention. of a condition, yep. then I think they may monitor you. But I don't remember having that monitored just for everybody during the season. Right, no. right. And so those are some of the things when you start looking at it, you're trying to figure out, okay, was this something that was pre-existing? You know, everybody keeps talking about different things. And you're like, 
that play did not look like anything, right? It looked like a normal play that we've seen thousands and thousands of times. And like you said, we probably saw 50 plays like that this past weekend where you didn't even think about it. Like you said, you could see the traumatic hit, and you're like, "Uh uh-oh, dude's not moving. Uh, Something must have happened to his neck. He might have a concussion, things like that. That was just a normal hit. But I reached out to a bunch of cardiologists today, and Mm -hmm. I just asked them, well, you know, they they all said the same thing. It can't be something unless you know the details of it. Exactly. About, but it does look like it was one of those hits that you catch right in your sternum, right at the wrong time, the movement in which you have, and it just so happened that everything happened simultaneous. It's a rare, rare like situation. A one in a billion type chance of Especially something like Especially when you yeah. see a guy make the tackle and then stand up. Yeah. So you're like, oh. Agreed. Oh. Then things started to happen. So it's 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 a very, very unfortunate situation yeah. and we hope and pray that everything ends up being okay for this young man and you just hope that everything heads in the right direction as far as the recovery because there have been other players that have had that. The soccer player, Erickson yes. who, who, there have been players, who yep. came off the the field last year mm-hmm. and he ended up playing. He's back on playing again. You got the uh, Pronger was the lacrosse player that got he fell out and he ended up getting helped off the off the field. I mean, there's different guys that have had these situations and they spoke on it and they said that they have gotten better and now they're living their full lives. But you just don't know how long the effects of him being whatever it was on the field and how he's going to recover from that. They yeah. said they got a pulse, and that was the most important yep. thing. And they and they uh, was were able to restore his heartbeat, and his yep. vitals have been restored as well. And and now he's in critical condition, um, and that's the latest update. So it is. It's one of those things. Like I said the way he he collapsed after the hit, and which seems like pretty routine hit, seems to me that's uh, it, unfortunately one of those things where it reminds us that could happen to anybody just out out playing. Yep. Playing football with in the yard, pick up like it just yeah. it just seemed you know yeah. what I mean it really or just you know playing any any other sport too it just seemed mm-hmm. like uh, something that y- you know uh, we've seen a thousand times and guys get up from it and they seem okay so uh, it is very uh, troubling um, from that standpoint that we don't really know exactly what the cause of it is and um, I know his teammates and his family um, they're obviously in a state of shock still from Absolutely. it. Absolutely. I think we all are still dealing with it, but it, it does. It reminds you how frail uh, all these guys are and, and really the fragility of human life. We play this violent game. It is a violent game. It is barbaric and beautiful. I love the game, mm-hmm. uh, but the inconvenient, uncomfortable um, you know, truth is that it is a dangerous game and it's going to change people's relationship with the game that people are watching and the people that were actually had to experience it on the field. It's a game they've loved their entire life. It's hard to have the same relationship with the game when you experience some traumatic event like that. Yeah. So I'm sure they have to go in. And, and, and the NFL, going forward, they're going through a period of enlightenment because I cannot remember a time when the NFL, and, I'm, and I don't know if this is good or bad, I think it's good the NFL is becoming more enlightened about this, but I can't remember the NFL deciding <clears throat> to suspend the game. After a player suffers a traumatic event, yeah, uh, whatever, and, and we, whether it be a head injury or a neck injury or a spinal injury, something like that. I remember the, uh, what was it, uh, the Pittsburgh linebacker 
Shazier? Shay, Ryan Shazier. Shazier. Yep. Remember that one? That was wasn't traumatic, that, too. Wasn't that on that field, too? Oh, I hope you're not right. I think I am correct. I think he did have that injury happen in Cincinnati because that's where they took him to the hospital. Oh. I think it's the exact same place. Mm, I hope. Uh, oh, yeah. Man, you just uh, you really just yeah, blew my mind I with that one. I think it is. You're right. Definitely in that division. Um, but, yeah, my uh, point in getting back to it is that the NFL, for the first time that I can remember, they suspended play and did not resume the game. Remember Howard Glenn broke his neck in an AFL game and died later that day. The NFL resumed the game and kept playing, even though uh, the status of Howard Glenn was not known. Chuck Hughes died after collapsing in 1971, a Lions-Bears game, and, and they also resumed the game uh, without even necessarily knowing the status of Chuck Hughes. So I think for the NFL, it is uh, a new era of sensitivity yep. as it relates to these types of you know, traumatic events. Um, and maybe going forward, the NFL is going to adjust their policy about suspending games and resuming games um, and depending on how the severity of the situation. I've, I've never witnessed that before. I never witnessed watching a game, a player be down on the field for an injury and then go back to the studio because right. – the it's is that serious, that severe, and essentially they don't know what to say, and there's nothing to say. Yeah. And I also never witnessed in my time because I'm only four years old. Never witnessed the NFL deciding to not resume a game, and a lot of that is probably on the coaches. So shout out to Coach McDermott, um, and uh, you know, shout, shout out to yeah, because yeah, I thought that was those guys, Zach Taylor. Shout out to them. Yep. Uh, because I thought they got together and just may have compelled the NFL to say, "Nah, this is this game's not being played at all." Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I was glad that they did it, and I was correct, Rod. It is wow. Uh, Ryan Shazier was on there with his mm. spinal sur- uh, spinal problem. Tua got wow. hurt on that field, and Antonio Brown got his concussion on that field as well. Yeah, so. I, I I just remember because I saw something last night talking and giving the shout out to hmm. the University of Cincinnati Hospital and how good they were with Shazier and how quick that they acted. And that's why they were saying that he's in good hands at that place because it's one of the top. They've had uh, the level a lot one of trauma. Too. Yeah, it's level one trauma center. So. And that shout is out big. and shout out to the first responders uh, no on doubt. the scene because that was amazing too. Uh, I know that's what they do. Um, so we take little Still miracles. Give them a shout out. Yeah, take little miracles right. like that for granted. But uh, God bless those people who are hardwired to run to a crisis situation and know exactly what to do and keep their, their head about them and fight for other people's lives when their body won't allow them to uh, to give uh, Demar Hamlin a chance to fight for his life. So man, that was fantastic for th- what they did. That's yeah. Because uh, I, I don't think that uh, the the NFL or the players were ready for any other uh, outcome right. for that other than them saving his life right there on the field and restoring his heartbeat. So uh, God bless all you first responders out there. I know we don't say that enough, um, but we take for granted their presence there at these football games, high school, college, and pro, um, until a situation like that arises. Do you remember, because we're talking about this, too, do you remember the Westlake player, Matt Nader? Yeah, I do. I that, see him a lot. That had a cardiac event? I you, see him a lot. Do you know lot. him? I know him. I know him. I see him a lot because he works in the medical field now. And now he's made a great living with his life. Yeah. And I remember, I believe, Mac Brown kept him on he scholarship. He did. He kept his scholarship. I remember yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. I remember that. And when he had his you know, situation, he was on the same team with Justin Tucker. 
And so Justin Tucker's father is a cardiologist mm. that was there at the game. And Matt Nader's family are doctors, doctors as too. well. Mm. But uh, it's it's one of those situations that you wish that you never had to do anything like that. Most of the time you're talking about broken legs or fingers or you know oh. maybe a, a, I mean, a concussion here. Yeah. But when you're dealing with someone that has to be defibrillated, you know, get the defibrillator and get shocked back in the rhythm, that is something to uh, – you never want to see, and like you said, the the players' expressions last night on the sideline and not being able to – they didn't even want to look. That no. was another thing. They built a wall around they, the player. I've never seen that happen either, where they built a wall around the player so yeah. they can continue to work on it. So that is uh, that is tough, man. That is a tough, tough situation, and, and I'm so sorry for his family – the players that were involved, every the way that the way that the studio had to react to it because there's no blueprint on this. You get trained mm-hmm. to do certain things, but this was never a conversation that we've ever thought we were going to end up having, let alone watching it live to have the discussion. Yeah, I I don't have kids that play football. You do. I imagine that was also difficult for parents. Yes. To have that conversation, watching football with their children who love the game too, and they probably love going to watch their kids play the game. Nobody wants to be reminded of how brutal and barbaric the game is, and there are constant strides being made and progress being made to make the game as safe as possible. But it is an inherent danger to the sport. Um, so I imagine that's difficult too, um, processing yeah. that with family members who also are still playing the game. My mom, I remember my mom telling me specifically. When, and this is like my sophomore year in college. I first year, she she's like, son, I need you to get up quick when you make a play. And I was like, what are you? I was like, mom, I'm getting up. What are you talking about? She said, I need you to get up fast because when you stay on the ground, just a little while longer, I get mm-hmm. my heart. She said, I, it, it, it drops. She said, I, I, I start thinking the worst. Right. She said, I need you to get up real fast just so when I'm watching the game, I, 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 I don't worry about okay. my baby. So mom ain't right. watching the game. She don't give a damn about that game or the score. She's watching me the whole time. Right. Throwing my body around with, mm-hmm. you know, I don't give a damn. It's, it, you know, I'm being yeah. reckless out there, but yeah. I'm playing the game that I love. I'm funneling, baby. I'm funneling. Whatever it is, you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? And uh, that always stuck with me. She's like, please get up fast. It's just, you know, when you're down there, that that bothers me. I just imagine he was down, he was on that ground for a long 17 time. minutes or something. At I least. Know. I mean, Remember, you know, they, like they that, cut so. to four different – they have four different commercial breaks during yeah. that time. Yeah. And after cutting to the studio, coming back to the stadium, talking to Lisa Salters, talking to Troy, they, there was a lot that was going on in that time, and they weren't moving at all. So that mm-hmm. was where you knew that there was something very, very serious that was going on. Yeah. So. Yeah, uh, someone says, Matt is awesome. Works with cardiac medical yep. devices. Yes, he does. God bless the man. Yeah. Had a traumatic experience and decided that he was going to intrinsically use that to motivate him. Absolutely. To help save the last one. And he's people. one of the top people in the business right now. I see him all the time at the hospitals walking around and, and, God, and helping God. people. Yeah. I mean, that yeah. is, that's, that, that's, I remember that story too, and I remember how amazing it is and how grateful. Everybody yep. felt for just medical professionals being there on the scene. No doubt. Doctors, uh, you know, parents who are in, or were doctors, Justin yep. Tucker's parents, his own parents. But I'm um, very grateful because, that, I mean, those minutes and those seconds, that's everything. Right. In that situation. Yep. It's everything. 
Yeah. We all know we've had family members, unfortunately, have to deal with exactly. these types of events. And, you know, you, you got the, the quicker you can get you can get them, um, you know, those vital signs back up um, and get them back to a situation where at least stable. Um, that's the best case scenario. DeMar Hamlin is still waiting for that right now. He's in critical condition. So really tough story to talk about. Really sad story, of course. So our thoughts and prayers with the Hamlin family, with the two teams, um, with everybody who had to who had to deal with that, too. I mean, everybody watching. We're not we're not really wired to watch somebody fighting for their life like that. Um, so that can be pretty traumatic for everybody involved. Okay, uh, real quick, no cool, no good segue here. I just want to talk about the Cowboys real quick and their playoff chances. Not playoff chances, but their chance to win the division. Mm-hmm. The Cowboys can win the division. How did that happen? Like what? I, if, I feel like we almost, you know, went to sleep on the NFC East and now two, three weeks later, uh, I feel like everybody's waking up to <laughs> the Eagles starting Gardner Minshew for the last couple of games, losing the last couple of games, and somehow their stranglehold on the division is no more. Yep. And it's, it's, it's pretty simple for the Cowboys. If the Cowboys win and the Eagles lose, they, they, San well, Fran they still got San Fran. They San got Fran, San Fran losing too. They need San yeah. Fran to lose to Arizona. Yep. That's for the number one seed, though. I'm talking just yeah. for the division. NFC East. Yeah. For the NFC East yeah. to win the division, the Cowboys just need the Eagles to lose yeah. to the Giants. And they need to beat the Washington Commanders. Who? Oh my! Did you hear Riverboat Ron? Come this on, man. He was like, "We're we're eliminated." He had to apologize <laughs> because he couldn't do the math to figure out if they were mathematically in or out of the playoff hunt. He was told by a reporter. Yeah, he was like, "Y'all after are out. they <laughs> lost the game to the Browns." Hey, you you guys are eliminated. That's so now, out. what are you doing for next year? Oh. That's brutal. That's He's like, wait, what? What? Yeah. What, 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 what? How do you not play that off like Come you already on, know? Come on, just act Come like on, you know. Dog. Be like, yeah, you know what? Hey, man, we gave it our best shot, you know. And, 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 and by the way, I saw the Carson Damn. Wentz first couple passes. He should have went to Taylor Heineke right away. <laughs> he should have made the change. They never played right Heineke? Away. Never played Heineke. Man, He's stubborn. I don't even know why he went. With, you know what? It makes sense he went with Carson Wentz because he thought they still had a chance yeah, to make the playoffs exactly. later. He didn't know that was the end all be all because he hadn't done the math. Lost. Nobody on the staff did the math and say, "Coach, it's my way." Or we got to win dude. this game it's to stay way. in playoff contention. You don't. You don't. You don't. You don't be asking Commander Wentz what's going on. Man, Riverboat yeah. Run, Riverboat Run, gambled and lost. There you lost. go. Uh, but yeah, for the uh, for for the number one seed. By e- the way, he had three interceptions. Oh no. Three Carson Wentz. <laughs> what, is, what was he? What was, I can't believe Ron Rivera did that. And I like Ron Rivera. I, used, I know. I, used to, I played under Ron Rivera when I was with the with the Bears. And the I defense, love him. Defensive coordinator, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's a damn good one too. But maybe yeah, I think he's a good head coach too. But that was a dang coaching mistake right there. Uh, so all the for all you Cowboys fans, all you got to do if you want to win the division, all you got to do, Cowboys got to do, is uh, beat the Washington Commanders. Who I mean. They might be already beaten. They might be already making plans for the offseason because <laughs> they know officially that they can't make the playoffs. So they, those guys are already uh, booking vacation plans. Yeah. And then the Eagles need to lose to the Giants. And the Giants, I believe Brian Dabboy said, he's going to play his guys. To win. He said he's we're playing, playing to win. win. Yeah. They plan to win. Yep. And the Eagles, there, there are rumors that they might play Jalen Hurts. If they don't play Jalen Hurts, can we agree Jalen Hurts, no pun intended, is a, he's hurt a lot. It, it's a, he's, he's, a, he's hurt a lot worse than we thought he was. Well, let's not forget. A lot of people were calling this the same injury that Quinn Ewers had. The problem was Quinn's was on his opposite arm, his opposite shoulder. Yeah. This one is on Jalen Hurts' throwing arm. 
And the coach was like, oh, he's a superhero. He'll be right back out there. You know, he he heals better than you, you, and you. Yeah. Obviously not. No. He better come out and play this week if the Eagles have any chance in this game. Gardner Minshew, great story. Threw the ball well against the Cowboys. Well, they had film on him last week. He was getting mm. suffocated. Yeah, it didn't look good. Did not look good for them. And here's the other thing. As the Cowboys continue to play and heading towards the playoffs, a lot of teams are dealing with a bunch of injuries. They're in the Cowboys are getting guys back. And they're getting guys back. They're gonna healthy. get Jonathan Hankins back for the yep. playoffs. They're gonna get ALVE, Leighton Vanderesh back for the playoffs. Yep. Should help that rush defense. I'm with you. I mean the Cowboys. They need listen. to get that club off of my man though. Get it off his hand. I oh, Michael Parsons? Club off of that. Yeah. Uh, he's still making plays with the damn club on his yeah, hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think the Cowboys, listen, the perfect storm of circumstances may be benefiting the Cowboys here. If they win the NFC East, which is, like I said, likely, especially if the Eagles start Gardner Minshew, um, that could end up happening. Um, they also still have a shot at the number one seed. Eagles, basically, to get the number one seed, Eagles, 49ers, and Cowboys still have a chance to finish the top seed in the NFC. Eagles will be the number one seed if they defeat the New York Giants or if they lose, but Dallas and San Fran both lose too. So if all three lose, then the Eagles, they'll just end up default, become the number one seed. The 49ers will be the number one seed oy, oy, oy. if they defeat Arizona and the Eagles lose. Cowboys will be the number one seed if they defeat Washington and both 49ers and Eagles lose. So you basically Cowboys fans are rooting for the 49ers and the Eagles to lose. Cowboys win. You get the number one seed. I know. And I haven't talked about Minnesota, but Minnesota just lost to Green Bay. So Man, essentially, speaking about Green Bay. You got to worry about that. Now, here's the thing. Whew. If you lose, if you end up losing out on winning the division, the second place team in that division is going to end up going to Tampa Bay. And playing the Bucks on the road. So if da- whoever doesn't win the division out of Dallas and Philly is going to travel to go see Tom Brady and the Bucks, I believe. Yeah. I think that's the way it works out. Right now it has the Cowboys as of right now. It was updated. Wait, let me let me make sure it's updated yeah, properly. Uh, the Cowboys will play. Do they got them in going to they Tampa go, Bay? They still got them going to Tampa Bay. Okay, the Giants yeah. will play Minnesota because Minnesota is in, uh, yeah. in third place. And the Seattle Seahawks will end up playing the San Francisco 49ers. So Ooh, right now, Philadelphia is still, still sitting in a catbird seat. If, right yeah, now. so they still they just gotta win. Or yep. they gotta hope every if they lose, everybody, everybody else, else gotta, gotta lose, lose for them yep. to keep yep. that number one seed. But Cowboys got a chance to win the division and got a chance to get the number one seed. Sneak and I think that's in there. And I'm so upset with the Cowboys now for losing. Yes. Two road games when you had double-digit leads in the second half to Jacksonville and to Green Bay. Thanks, bro. You'd be in the catbird seat right now. We'd only have one L. Come on, man. I'll give us one on that. Yeah, take one of them. But yeah, I'll take one of them. Two double-digit leads you yeah. lost. Yeah. Now you got to be. I mean, you still got to shop. You got to be kicking yourself. And you really you don't want it. the smoke from Green Bay. Nah, I don't want Because if no, Bay yeah. gets, Green Bay's getting in if they win. Yeah. I don't want to play and Green Bay. And they're playing Detroit. And I really don't want to go to Tampa Bay and play the Bucs. I don't want Tom Brady galvanizing the Bucs saying, we get to start all over. It's a new season, guys. And he just hit, what's, uh, he hit uh, old boy with three touchdowns yeah. yesterday. And he's never lost to the Cowboys? Thank you. Okay. No, Thank I don't. Nope. Nope. No, I don't want, <laughs> I don't I don't want any of that. <laughs> I don't want to go there. Nope. None of it. Cowboys, find a way to win that damn Please. division. Get it done. All right, we'll come back. Texas basketball playing uh, K-State tonight. We'll give you a little mini preview of that matchup right here on Ball Don't Lie. I want to put it on the horn. 
Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Top of the charts Tuesday. We play jams that reached the top of the Billboard charts on this day in history. Man, got the Queen B. Little Beyonce for you. Queen B. Yeah. Um, my my wife's obsessed with uh Beyonce. She I just describe her as a lesbian. She is not a lesbian, but she will be for Beyonce. Uh, she's told me that several times. So I'm I'm all for it. I am actually advocating for her to cheat on me with Beyonce. I would love to see it happen. Actually for both of our <laughs> No, no. We both have celebrity. I'm sure every marriage has celebrity hall pass the list, right? They basically, basically, celebrity hall pass list in my marriage is the celebrity that I actually do have permission to bang it out with, <laughs> if I can, if I can convince it. Like if I meet Beyonce and I can convince Beyonce to have sex with me, my wife is giving me a free pass that I can bang Beyonce. Uh, there's like five or six celebrities on this list. She's got her celebrity list too. So if she can convince, I think, uh, who's on the list? Awesome. Michael, B, Michael B. Jordan, I think, is on her list. So if she can convince Michael B. Jordan to make it out, I have to accept it and let them go. Like it's, you know what I mean, like indecent proposal style. Well, I don't know if I'm getting any money. You better. <laughs> hey, I'm telling you right now. I don't know if I'm getting any money. Well, Beyonce actually makes both of our lists. She's on both of our lists. Oh, okay. So I, I think, you know, that means, hey, you know, menage a trois, if we can convince her to do it. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to convince Beyonce to do that. I do, but we do have this list. It's real. It's real. We add to it uh, like one. I think you get like one addition a year. So we stay together you long enough. You got one addition yeah, a year? Yeah, so we stay together so long enough. So you change it up every once in a while? Yeah, we stay together long enough. Like, we've got to get 40 years. I'll have like 40 women on this celebrity list, and I might get a local celebrity, I and I get a better say. shot. <laughs> hey, your boy, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get the local celebrities, man. <laughs> hey, by that time, you'll be 80, dog. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> I still got, so you're telling me there's a chance. There's a chance. I got an outside shot, man. I'm telling you. So if y'all want something oh, to do with, your, with wifey, yeah, celebrity hall pass list is not bad. All right, anyway, let's get to... Uh, um, Texas basketball discussion here, gentlemen, because uh, first of all, we got to get some props to Marcus Carr uh-huh. because, man, he has just been leading this team uh, with a really with kind of a, a fierce <laughs> uh, kind of a really kind of a fierce playing style. Now, like he's basically taking charge offensively. He is the you know the tip of the spear if you will offensive the straw that stirs the drink for uh for Texas he's having a career year for the Longhorns um if you go look at his um points per game he's around close to 18 points per game but he's shooting nearly 46 percent from three point range yeah. uh, that's fourth best in the Big 12 he's been player of the week in the Big 12 two twice out of la- two out of the last three weeks two out of the last three weeks yeah, okay yeah, yeah I know yeah. it's twice but he's just yeah. He's just playing some of his best basketball. Um, we've seen him make some, um, you know, m- mistakes here and there, but for the most part, man, he has really taken his game to an- another level. Yeah, he's he's definitely been that guy. And again, he's one of those players that I continue to look at and I say, okay, what what can we do to make things different for him? And the reason why I say that is sometimes he gets to that point where he's still pounding the basketball. Mm-hmm. You know, waiting to try to find a way to get in the lane or get open to pull up. But I, I like it better when the team is passing the ball with each other and then getting it back to him to find his open shot. And that's what he's been doing in the second half of this past weekend's game against Oklahoma. Clutch that's when he started showing up, him and Sir, Sir Jabari Rice. And, of course, Timmy Allen, they did their thing. But every time you start watching the game, you're like, okay, when is he going to get going? So when you start looking at this team, and I love the fact of what you brought up about the three-point shooting, that's huge Mm, for the success that he's had right now. 45%, almost 46%. You want that from him. One of the players that we need to see a little bit more, and because this is a 12-1 matchup, by the way. 
Both teams are 12 and 1. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people didn't see uh, K State coming at them like this. But that's what they've been doing. They got a new coach, Jerome Tang, who was the assistant right hand man for uh, Scott Drew at Baylor. They were together for a long time, so he knows a lot about them. And uh, assistant coach for K State used to coach here at Texas as well. Oh yes, uh, um, yeah, I know you're talking about Yurik Malaji. Yes. Uh, yes, yeah, thank you. He's the one that's over there, been around the game for a long time. They brought in Keontae Johnson, who was a kid that passed out on the court as well mm-hmm. from Florida last year, and now uh-huh. he's back playing basketball. Transferred here, and now he seems to be doing well, shooting 42 percent from three, averaging 17.7 points. Uh, per game, he's number eleven. You also got to look at Mark Marquise uh, Norwell, who's averaging fourteen points a game. He has a hundred and ten assists already this year. Yeah, no, it's big time game tonight. Yeah, no, I'm with you on, and I I love what you brought up, and I'll go back to it in the game versus Oklahoma. Um, big win for Texas, late game drama, but they came up clutch down the stretch in the second half of that game. Yes. Oh man, 35 of Texas 39 points in the second half came via Timmy Allen, uh Marcus Carr or Serge Ibari Rice. Love it. That is unbelievable. And I love this stat too. And it was the first true road game for Texas too. So you're in hostile uh territory. Three those those three players um combined for only two turnovers all game. So that trio that yeah, you saw Serge Barry Rice, Marcus Carr, Timmy Allen handling the rock for you a lot down the stretch in the second half. Only had two turnovers all game, taking care of the basketball, being really efficient on the offensive end. Um, that so that group right there, uh, and I love that Timmy Allen. It took him a while to find a find his groove and find his role with this new team. Yeah. Um, he seemed to have found the role, and he was contributing in a lot of different ways. It just wasn't necessarily by scoring all the time. Now you've added the scoring with the way that he's uh, contributing in other ways on both. Both ends of the floor, uh, getting you some of those uh, those junkyard dog plays. He's been a great presence for them. I think the one guy that they're, they're kind of missing right now that really had he, he hasn't found his groove late, and especially going into Big Twelve play, you're going to need this guy to be playing some good basketball. Is Tyrese Hunter? Yep. I mean, he has as many turnovers as field as made field goals in the last six games. Eleven turnovers, twelve made field goals. When that guy, he will turn a corner. By the way, the season's too no long. Doubt. Yeah. So once he turns the corner, you got seventeen more games left in Big Twelve play. Once he once he turns the corner, watch out. Yeah, this group's gonna be scary. And one of the things that I want to see from Tyrese Hunter is him being more aggressive. I mean, that's what I think is has been hurting him. Mm-hmm. He's kind of being passive because we've seen what Marcus Carr has been doing. Serge Jabari Rice didn't get hot in, today, in that game until the second half. He scored all his points late, and majority of them came from the free throw line. But he needs to be aggressive as well. It's just I think everybody, and this is the one thing that I fear, is everybody starting to sit around and watch what Marcus is mm. doing and not playing their game as yeah. well. They need to play their game and complement each other. We all know Marcus is the one that wants to score, which is why it starts to pull you back the other way and say, all right, well, he's dribbling the ball, so I'm moving. And watch the game tonight. You're right. If you see Texas start moving without the basketball, that means that everybody's thinking they're going to get a shot. If they start watching the ball and just kind of standing around – that's because they're used to seeing somebody else just take the shots. Yeah. That's the part that I'm nervous about right there. Uh, that's a good point. Uh, before we hit the break here, I love this little stat. Uh, there are 362 basketball teams in Division One per ESPN's Basketball Power Index. I'm going to read for you the 10 toughest remaining schedules. TCU number one, 
Oklahoma 2, Iowa State 3, Kansas 4, Kansas State 5, Texas Tech 6, Texas 7, Baylor 8, West Virginia 9, Oklahoma State 10. The 10 toughest remaining schedules in college basketball division one are all the Big 12 teams. Right. I know. <laughs> that's a, that's amazing brutal, to me. brutal, man. It's a brutal stretch. Uh, so, yeah, Texas, hey, just get just just keep winning. I don't give yep. a damn how it looks or how you do it in the Big 12, man. You just got to survive and stay alive. All right, we come back. Uh, we'll wrap it up, put it in the oven, and give you an update on DeMar Hamlin's status. All of that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie, 1049. Pop a top again. You mind if I have some of your tasty beverage to wash this pan? Oh, yeah. yeah. I've been known to drink a beer or two. I think a man working outdoors feels more like a man if you can have a bottle of suds. It's only my opinion, sir. I got beer. I got bottled breast milk. Eh, why don't we start with the beer? Okay. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Wait, it's already 5 o'clock here. It's time for What's on Tap. How about a nice cool drink? That's oh, really man, good. That's good. That's good. That is- All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Getting ready to wrap this thing up and put it in the oven. Happy New Year to everybody out there because I don't know how long you can say Happy New Year. What is the uh, expiration date on the Happy New Year's uh, greeting for people? It's the first time that you see them. And that's it. And that's it. Yeah, it's true, because I said Happy New Year's to you when we spoke after the first time in 2023, but then yep. I didn't say it when I saw you, because like, I already said you, it. Yeah, you was fine. I can't wish you Happy New Year's every time I see you. I said back at you, dog. You know what I'm saying? I, was like, <laughs> I hey. said it to Corey, first time I greeted Corey. Yep. So yep. I think I like your rule. Your yep. rule is right. Just once you see the person, and you, you've you already, if you even if you texted it to somebody, Happy New Year, I'm glad, I'm proud of That's you. That's it. Don't, don't expect to hear it from so me again. So what if I don't see this person until like March? Can well, I still wish them a happy new year? That's the statute of limitations. It's already passed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what? <laughs> You've what already is, done that. You're not getting that? penalized. Is, is that for like that, the dog? end of January, basically? What is it? January 15th? If you when's the, when do you when, when when can I no longer wish someone a happy new year's, even if it's the first time I've seen them all year? When's 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 that over? What's the statute of limitations? I'm, I'm hoping by the end of the week. Okay, you said end of the week. I'm, I'm waiting for the end of the oh, week. Okay. Okay, I'm with you yeah, on that. Because I'm going to I'm gonna go see some clients that I hadn't seen in mm-hmm. a while. I'm gonna go say hi to them. Happy New Year. Happy Hope New Year. Everything's all good. That. I hope mm-hmm. y'all have fun. After that, when I see y'all next week, I ain't saying Happy New <laughs> Year. No again. Happy New Year. No, okay. I'm Will you be offended if you're greeted with a happy new year, say January twentieth? Would you be like, what is it? What, I'll be of, like, are you? What's wrong with I'm you? Like, yeah, I'm gonna be like, man, it's been a year for twenty days already. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> ain't nothing new go, about dog. the year. Ain't nothing new, the bro. Year's old now. Okay? We've already went through some things around here. Nah, <laughs> man, we're good. All right, what you got on tap tonight? I'm gonna go home and watch this Texas Longhorn basketball team. Yeah. This is a big challenge for them going into. You just ran down the list, all ten teams, it's brutal. all the top ten. So you got to come out and be ready to play. And this this Kansas State team. Was not expected to be at this point. Yeah, no, you're right about one, that. 12 and 1, 1 and 0. What uh, about yourself? Uh, I'm going to go home. I'm going to go uh, watch the Texas basketball team a little bit too um, and go check them out. Uh, and hopefully, we can talk about some good news. Uh, this may be some uh, good news. Josina Anderson yep. was saying she received word this evening that Dom- DeMar Hamlin breathing is improving. Yep. That is 
He was Greatness. on 100% oxygen. Now he's down to 50, 50%. That means that the oxygen that's going to him was at 100%. Now he only needs 50%. So it's definitely improving. All right. Let's keep praying, y'all. I want to thank my man, Corey, for doing a great Corey, job. I appreciate you, I brother. I want to thank all you guys out there for listening. Thank my man, Hard as well. Happy New Year to all of you out there. I won't say it again. <laughs> um, I was looking at you. I was about to side <laughs> eye. <laughs> Remember, the revolution will not be telling. I'll be talking about it right here on Ball Don't Lie. We love you guys. We mean that. Take care of yourselves. More importantly, take care of each other. Texas basketball coming up next. Craig Way on the call with Eddie Orr. Peace.